to this week's episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and in today's episode, I had the incredible privilege of chatting with Vanessa Lowe. Vanessa is an Australian para-athlete who has competed in the Paralympic Games and won a gold medal for Australia. Vanessa sits down to chat with us about overcoming adversity and building resilience. She talks to us about the journey of her life, how she overcame losing her legs at the young age of 15 to now living a fulfilled and happy life. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, join our community on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore. Hi, Vanessa. Welcome to the Wow Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have a good chat with you. Um, Fun fact for the listeners, Vanessa and I met at the dog park. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been amazing. You're such an inspiration. The more I learn about your story, it's just, I find it you so admirable and inspirational. I feel so lucky to be able to share this with our listeners today. Thank you you so much. (laughs) Do you mind starting off with sharing a little bit about yourself? Yes, definitely. Um, So I'm originally from Germany, so you can probably um, hear a little bit of an accent, um, but I moved here because I met my husband um, that is a little Aussie farm boy, which brought me to Canberra. I'm competing in para-athletics, so um, that's my full-time job, and I have the great pleasure of um, doing that alongside my husband here in Canberra. And yeah, that's that's, um, mostly me. And you have two little fur babies, one of which is a new addition. What breed are they? We have two little Boston Terriers. Um, they're adorable. They're a handful, but um, they bring us so much pleasure. Yeah, they're, they're so cute. <laughs> so what made you decide to become an athlete? Um, so that was a very long story. Um, to be honest, I, I never planned on being an athlete. Like that was never my aspiration. I really just found that running and yeah, athletics in particular really spoke to me because there was... Like growing up, I was always a person that dealt with like difficulties more internally. And for me, um, sport was really about creating that headspace and like going for a run, enjoying nature and enjoying time outside um, really helped me both physically as well as mentally. Mm. So that's what kind of got me got me hooked on running mm. and which we probably be, uh, be talking about soon um, when that all changed, when I had my accident and lost both of my legs. Um, I think it was a very crucial part for me to return to somewhat normality afterwards mm-hmm. um so going going for runs and being able to exercise your body I think was very crucial for me and that one thing led to another and I seemed to have some sort of talent um <laughs> loved the training and um yeah yeah somehow I made it to a few world championships and a couple of Paralympics and a gold medal may I add you're being very humble about <laughs> your <laughs> amazing talent when it comes to athleticism what did you want to be when you were younger then before your accident what were your I guess, goals? What did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, it's a really funny story because that's actually always the number one question that I love asking people when I do um, talks at corporations. Mm. I actually never knew what I wanted to be. I Mm. never had, like a lot of people dream of being, you know, like a pilot or a firefighter or something, but I grew up in a little town and 
I just wanted to be free. I wanted to be, you know, traveling the world and live my own life and kind of leave family for a little while and um, do all these things, experience like a like a really full life and hopefully like create lots of stories. Um, I think that was my aspiration. That's a really nice way to look at it. I think when we're young, for some reason, because we see our parents go to work all day, that that's what we think we need to strive for. I feel like it's not often that as a young child, you strive to live this full, happy life. Yeah, just, I yeah, think it was a contrast. Freely. Yeah, it was definitely the contrast to my parents. I'd work really hard and my dad always used to call me his little butterfly because I was always out and about and making friends and doing things. I loved just like being not at home. Not that I had a great home. I actually had a really good childhood and like really good family, but I just loved being out and about, traveling. Mm. Could you share with us your the story of your accident, the day where you lost both of your legs? How did that happen yeah that was um a very um difficult story because I like to this moment in time I still don't know exactly what happened so all I remember was that I was on my way to France um and growing up in Germany it's very usual to take public transport um which is often like cities are connected via trains so I was on my way to France and I was taking the train um and the next uh, thing I remember was um, that I woke up in in hospital um so I got a couple explanations from people that kind of saw something but kind of didn't and no one was really paying proper attention. I mean, you know how, how life goes, sometimes something something happens and, and you can't quite recall what it was, but it, it seems like I've been standing too close to, to the edge of the train platform, um, must have been bumped by someone, and there were heaps of people around and um, fell in front of the approaching train. I ended up getting overrun, hidden overrun by the train, I went straight away to hospital for um, a 28-hour life-saving surgery, really fighting for my life. I ended up with 14 stitches in my head, had all sorts of broken ribs, had a broken back, and had basically every every bone in my body was broken um, and ended up losing both of my legs above the knee. That is such a traumatic experience to go through at such a young age. Could you comprehend that at the time, what had happened? Or did it take some time for the shock to really settle in and to realise what had just happened to you? I think what was really great was the... I think a lot of people don't understand. So I was um, in and out of surgery for several months and I, I was in coma for a few weeks. So there's a big blur about um, the in-between, the, the first period of, of, you know, that big change that obviously happened to me, that I I kind of grew into the situation slowly. So it wasn't, you know, that I woke up from coma and was wide awake. It was a very slow transition. And I do recall a few situations of where I was meant to be awake, but can't quite remember. So that transition was really helpful, being able to to have a little time to, to digest and, yeah, slowly gain back consciousness and going back um, kind of grasp the situation and as well as like I was I was 15 well later um, on in hospital I turned 16 I think it was like my like childlike simple-heartedness I think um, I want to put it is in a way like I thought it was going to be okay I think um, as as kids you you often don't really understand the reach of of your actions or the reach of you know things that happen in life um, I straight away I was always a very positive person but like straight away thought you know it's gonna be all right I know that they're prosthetic legs you know I will get new legs I know how to walk you know I will get prosthetic legs eventually and I will return back to my normal life that's obviously not how it ended up um, happening but I think 
um, in a way I took day like life um, yeah took my life day by day and I think that's the the biggest that's probably what the greatest ability of humankind is the ability to adapt and I think in particular kids and and um, teenagers are amazing at that they they don't think too far they take the day as it comes and they have those big dreams and big goals in life and they don't really think about how what it takes to get there they just like you know have have the big big dream in front of them and then they work towards it and I think that's what really got me through that period so those initial thoughts of thinking oh well you know I'll be able to walk again I'll be able to get prosthetic legs and life will be back to normal in no time what was the reality like? Well, the reality was, I think the, the first time I got hit by the reality when on the prospect of going home in a few weeks, I had a big chat to my trading doctor. I don't remember his name, Dr. Bisping. He was actually really cute and lovely man and everyone really loved him because he was always so um, bright and always had a smile on his lips. But when I was daydreaming and t- telling him about my plans of going home and returning back to my life as it was and um, really the way that I loved it too, um, I think that's the first time his, his face went all serious and it's like, look, I, I aspire that you're being so so positive and have been um, yeah so brave through this period, but I want to be honest with you at the same time because with your kind of disability, I believe, you'll probably have to get adjusted to the fact that you'll probably be living most of your life in a wheelchair and that there will be major adjustments to be made in life. And I think that was probably the moment that hit me the hardest because obviously I realised at that moment in time that my legs were gone and they were not going to come back. But I think um, at that moment I, for the first time, got labelled as disabled. And I think that's um, where it really hit me that the reality was not going to be you know, what I've dreamed of. It wasn't really what I had in mind um, and that's not really how I wanted my story to go. And I believe we do that a lot. Like we connect a medical prognosis with a expected life quality mm-hmm. and it really closes the door right in front of you even though those in those situations you want people to open the doors for you and open all the opportunities that you have front of you and I think that's where that what children have being you know having those big wild dreams and reaching for the stars yes that's where it comes in so handy because like no kid ever fell down when they started to learn how to walk and say maybe that's not for me maybe that's not possible because like every like kid has resilience growing up like we just learn that continuing on in life that failure is a bad thing and we label it as something bad and something to avoid and something to overcome as fast as possible in order to be good at life but the reality is that adversity in life or um, like going through tough periods in life is not about you know coming out the other side unmarked and untouched it's about taking life as it is and like growing uh, the new chances and new opportunities out of it because like life changes constantly and it's only that we label those actions and those changes as bad that makes them so. And I think that's why that moment in particular was such a um, such a tough eye-opening moment for me. Mm. It's funny, I guess, at the time that doctor had no idea that you would go on to not live your life predominantly in a wheelchair. Live your life is very much, in my eyes, an able-bodied human who lives very much probably a more fulfilled life than many how did you find the resilience in you to keep going in that moment of shock and realization that life was going to be different for you 
I understood that he didn't mean to put me down. He didn't mean to, you know, um, discourage me or, um, or put my dreams down. I think he was just more trying to be realistic and not trying to create hope where he didn't see any. Because, like, at the reality of that time is that technology wasn't as good, good. But I think mainly the fact that there wasn't anyone that has done it before, that, you know, they didn't want to create a situation where I'll find disappointment. But I think instead of constantly asking the question, what if she fails? What if I fail? I started myself to ask the question, what what if this succeeds? Like, what if I'm, I'm right? What if, you know... What if you can walk on two prosthetic exactly. legs? What if you can jump on two prosthetic legs? Yes. Vanessa does compete as a para-athlete in the long jump. I do, yes. Yeah, who would have thought that would have ever been an wild. Yeah. On that, I mean, you've faced adversity and had to build resilience throughout your whole life post-accident. And even, I know you've mentioned to me before, the barriers of competing in the Paralympics. You've had to face so many adversities there as well, being held back from not having categories for your disabilities and being told that you won't ever be good enough to compete how do you stay positive in those situations and go on to prove them wrong (laughs) I think that's the whole point I think for me it was never about proving them wrong I think for me it was I had my heart in the right spot in this one because for me picking up trying to walk and trying to run and giving it a fair shot and giving my dreams a fair shot was all about um, creating like a physical and mental health for myself, creating some a life that I wanted for myself and not um, being defined by, by these definitions of like what disability means. And I, I really do not believe that disabled is actually the right word for it um, because I'm very abled. I'm just very different, differently abled. But when, when I started to run, it was never for me about um, competing. It was never about being the best in the world or proving people wrong. I think um, it was really around... I loved running and I think in order to to live a full life that needed to be part of it and um, when I started to train and started to explore the whole world of athletics and really fell in love with the fact what um, paraflex really stands for it's um, celebrating the super abilities of people that we describe with the word disabled that really created some sort of impact on me and really made me realize that you know this journey is not about returning back to my normal returning back to my old life but stepping into the life that I found myself in and really making the best of it and really creating something that I'm proud of and that I want for myself and that I one day maybe tell my grandchildren. Mm. What are the tools that you use to stay positive during the many tough times that you have faced? I definitely always try to take responsibility for everything that happens in my life. I think many um, can get caught up in feeling as a victim when something happens to them, but I truly, I'm a true believer that you're always in full control of your life and you always have the choice to be um, what and whoever you want to be. And um, being crystal clear about what you want from life has really changed my life forever because I always felt in full control, even at that moment in time where I was laying in hospital and uh, my life changed forever. I still at the moment in time had the feeling that I had the choice to be what I wanted to be. And yeah, reminding myself in the tough episodes in life that um, change or adversity is maybe just a change that I haven't adapted myself to, that, you know, that is the, the, the greatest ability of humankind is the ability to adapt and mm. um, using yeah all these challenges and all these changes to my advantage. I think that's 
um, been a very important process to be very um, have wide open eyes through my path of life really. Mm. We're going to move on to some listener questions. The first question is from Sarah and she wants to ask you Vanessa what are some of the daily struggles that you face with your disability that able-bodied people may not be aware of? Um, I I believe I face probably the two extremes. Sometimes people think I'm too disabled to do certain things and then sometimes they feel like I'm too able to do certain things. So <laughs> that makes sense at all. Um, I think sometimes um, I need to stand up for myself. It's like, look, like this is really tough. I actually do need that disabled parking spot because today I'm not really good at walking. But at the same time, you know, you can talk to me in a normal voice because like my hearing is not affected <laughs> and my understanding is not affected either. Do people do that to they you? They do, yeah. And I think um, sometimes really... Um, you know, communicating clearly that my life is not bad, like quite the opposite. I really, really enjoy my life and I really am waking up in the morning and I'm really happy to to live this life. So I hate being looked at with with pity, I think is probably the worst. Um, I absolutely dislike when kids ask all these questions and the parents like shut them up and tell them that it's rude to ask these questions. It's rude to like stare at my legs because like, that's what really got me through the process is being curious and being um, really asking open-hearted questions. about it, asking the right questions. And, and also kids don't come from an angle of malicious intent at all. They look at it as, oh, my God, that woman over there has the coolest legs ever. Why is that? I don't think they look at it and go, she's different. Why is it that? I think they kids have a very different perspective of looking at things compared exactly. to adults. Oh, quite literally. I, I still remember a situation was actually here in Canberra and um, at a supermarket and there was that kid, she was probably four or five years old. She spotted me from the other side of the aisle and yelled out to her mother in the big possible voice, biggest possible voice, look mom, that woman over there has no legs. And you can imagine like the woman uh, just wanted to, you know, disappear in the ground and like she just like pulled her daughter away and told her not to look at it. And I think that's what really broke my heart because like what the little girl did is that's that's what's natural like they're curious about it and mm-hmm. they're like really interested in you know exploring why some people are different and why we have all these differences and the the mother kind of connected it to some some sort of negative aspect and while they were walking away um I heard that little girl saying but mom she had such beautiful flowers on her legs and mm-hmm. that's when you realize like kids actually don't label these differences as negative or positive it's actually like what well, we you know trying to educate them into polite little humans we kind of take away their curiosity and yeah their natural question asking Mm. ability Mm. it's interesting when I first met you and your husband Scott also is missing one leg not both just one (laughs) but I had no clue that you were any different from the rest of us because your legs were covered and we met at the park and I just thought how would I know do you know what I mean because you guys are so able-bodied and you're so unfazed and I think I think it's also difficult when you aren't exposed through the media Mm -hmm. to seeing people with all types of disabilities whether that be like what you're saying hearing or speaking or whether it be amputees like yourself I mean we don't see that enough and so we never know how to approach those conversations 
But I think that's why I made the decision. I mean, you obviously currently can't see me, but feel free to jump over on my um, social media. Um, I wear these like really cool covers for my prosthetics and my husband Scott really just doesn't have any cosmetics. So he's like, looks like a little robot leg. We invite people to look and like maybe even look a bit longer to, to maybe even understand um, and not just feel that this is a future that we don't celebrate and that we don't want to have in our lives. Because we're actually really proud that we made it through this difficult time and came out the other side different but very full no it's it's so cool the second listener question is from lisa and she would like to know do you find it easy to stay positive or are the realities of living with a disability tougher than it may seem at times look like i go through those episodes in life where everything just seems that little bit harder and i have been guilty of complaining about like the smallest little bits and it's sometimes really tough to to put those tough days tough weeks tough months in perspective um, especially when when i struggle to to wear my prosthetic legs um, when i struggle to do life as i'm i'm used to because i have an open spot or because something is wrong with my prosthetic and i do get in, in negative moods it's not that it's always all positive but i think that's what life is about and embracing both the positive and negative and being able to put it in perspective and it does sometimes take me a little bit to to remind myself that i'm really complaining about nothing i have lived through an accident that I really probably shouldn't have. I'm here um, creating a life that I, even my mini, mini me could never have dreamed of. And, you know, that tough week will pass, that tough month will pass as well. Mm. It's funny the way that you say that because we all get caught up in the small things and you look at the way that you (laughs) you make me feel so bad I'm like this morning I realized I have two ginormous pimples growing under my eyebrow and I thought this is the worst thing that could ever (laughs) happen to me and now I just feel so stupid (laughs) thinking that but we all I feel like it's also normal to it's it's valid everyone feels bad at times and everyone goes through like itty bitty little problems that we sometimes uh, make bigger on our heads and Mm. that's okay and I think it's more so about becoming more self-aware in the, in our journeys and in the process of it all because becoming more self-aware does bring you back into the bigger picture of things and means that you don't get as caught up in the smaller things and makes you realise how lucky you are. And it's part of the whole human experience, like the bad and the positive. And I think it's just very healthy for us to experience all these emotions and not suppress the negative ones because... That makes us us and uh, that puts things into perspective and I think um, it's just like crucial to understand that we have the choice to feel the emotions that we want to feel and having the choice, you know, to get out of that negative mindset and step into something more positive. Mm. So in saying all of this, Vanessa, what does resilience mean to you? I think resilience to me means um, self-awareness and choice and I think um, going back to the little mini-me that had all these wild dreams of traveling the world and like living a really big life full of stories to tell, be careful what you ask for, I think there's like actually that saying that comes to my mind from, from Papa Picasso, like every child is an artist, we just, the, the big problem is just to remain an artist when we grow up. And I think that's um, something that is really crucial for me to be resilient going through things, it's like, you know keep on my having my 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 dreams keeping my dreams alive and deciding when it's time to just move on and 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 change things and when it's time to work through it Mm -hmm. and why is it important to be resilient 
I think it's very important to be resilient because we all know for sure that we're going to go through some sort of tougher um, episodes in life at some point. Um, and I believe that's why it's so crucial to build resilience and build the right tools to deal um, with those tough periods um, when we're in a good mindset um, mm. and when we're um, having living a, a decent part of our lives. Um, for me, I, it's very important to have the right support system, the right people around me that support me and are there for me when I need them, but also honest with me and um, can tell me the honest opinion if, um, if I'm being crazy. Because <laughs> I know we all do that at times. <laughs> um, and I think it's, um, it's crucial to have your own um, little practices in place that will um, start you right into the day um I'm, I'm a big supporter of like little having a little journal so every morning um i write down my intentions for the day for um, the month ahead um, sometimes even the year ahead and i'm always very big in in creating intentions big intentions for the month ahead and i love having a little bit of control of my life and i love making plans and that creates for me a little bit more um wide open yeah living my life sort of um mm. sort of model do you think that resilience does it come from nature or nurture like do you think you are born with it or does it come from your surroundings and the people you learn from I think there's a um, bit of both. I, I believe humans are born with resilience. I mean, we see kids, you know, like they yeah. learn how to walk and they fail and they keep on trying until they succeed. But I think it's something that we stop using as much growing up because we try to prevent um, failing. We don't want to seem like we don't have our shit together. Um, so sometimes... No one has their shit together. I've, I've come to realise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think... To get back to that point of where we were when we were kids, like being lighthearted about, you know, failing and, you know, trying it again, no matter what. I think that's something that we need to nurture. Mm. It's almost like the resilience is being lost through growing up. Yeah. 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 What do you believe are some of the key elements of resilience? Like, do you think it's a mindset do you think it's your situational awareness or do you think it comes down to your support network I think it's really individual um some people do heavily rely and need a good support system around some people deal with difficulties more by themselves um so I think it's really crucial to find out what works for us and then nurture those um aspects to to help build that resiliency that is very unique to ourselves Again, like I was always that little kid that liked to um, deal with things by myself. And if I really couldn't figure it out, then I knew who to turn to. Um, but in, in, in many ways, I believe we sometimes try too hard to be that perfect little human. And I think if we allow more failure into our life and, and try more things and try to um, really be an authentic self, which necessarily, like, it, it obviously is going to lead to some sort of failure. I think that's when we naturally start building resilience mm -hmm. and allow um, failure to be part of our lives, but also allow overcoming those failures or coming out the other side, um, a different person um, to, to become part of our life. Mm. So not letting the failure define you, let how you respond to the def failure define you. Yes, yeah, definitely. Fail, um, learn, and then fail a little bit better and then <laughs> learn again. <laughs> and then you'll succeed. <laughs> At some point you will. <laughs> and can you recommend three tips on building resilience? I think the number one 
tip of building resilience is being able to put things in perspective, mm. like keeping a close eye to the bigger picture and um, understanding what the bigger picture means to yourself. Um, then the second tip is trying to create some sort of mindfulness and trying to create some sort of understanding of how you function mentally and what really affects you and the things that really affect you um, in your in your mental health. Explore those further and understand where they're coming from to be able to understand why you're feeling the way that you do. That helps you lots to overcome those difficult times much, much faster and with much more lessons learned. And I think the tip number three is definitely creating a support system um, that works for you. And um, that can be a partner, but it can also be a best friend or a brother or a sister. And for me, it's, it's my dad, for example, and, and my husband are... Um, very big um, people that have a great impact on my life but um, be really conscious about what people you let into your life and understand um, what people make you feel a certain way and mm. how, how that feeling affects your life. Mm, absolutely. Can you recommend a motto or quote that you live by when it comes to being resilient? Oh, I think my biggest motto is... Um, how do I put it properly? Um, I love to put adversity as change we hasn't, haven't now adapted ourselves yet to. And I think if you keep that in mind, um, every change that seems to be a big challenge can be um, put into a positive twist. Mm. How can you give an example of that? Um, well, when I first um, when I first moved to the US to train for for the Paralympic Games there. I had a very tough relationship with my coach and um, it was physically tough but it was definitely mentally um, very tough training and um, when all that changed and I always had an idea like I, I trained in a very professional setup in Germany and when I came over there and everything was so different I thought he didn't know what he was doing but he ended up training me for a gold medal so I think he kind of had it figured out and I think it took me about a year to mentally grow into the situation enough to um, not just adapt myself to but really thrive in that environment mm. and um, that change ended up being probably um, the best thing that happened um, to to me because it not necessarily meant I'm, I won a gold medal which is amazing but I think it meant that I created some sort of mental resilience through training um, that if else I would never have experienced and by accepting the change you then accept the environment and so you begin to enjoy it a lot more well, definitely we can choose like so much in how we enjoy our lives like if you approach any sort of environment um, with a positive or negative mindset that's how it ends up being mm -hmm. could you recommend any good resources worth following whether that be instagram accounts or i don't know facebook pages uh, for good inspiration when it comes to resilience i love listening to podcasts yeah so i think um they're they're all sorts like i'm i actually have probably about 10 10 12 different podcasts that i have kind of on rotation so i love changing things up a little bit i love the one called on being mm -hmm. um she interviews all sorts of different people and um, that's always a really great mix for me and gives me good insight and a good um, helps me create a good perspective um, mm. in life. Um, I love Your Life of Impact by Brad Robinson. Um, the Amber Hawken podcast is amazing. But I do make a great effort in following accounts on Instagram that I gain positive 
feelings from. I hate just being inspired to buy things or um, participate in drama. So I really make a conscious effect in um, a conscious um, approach in trying to eliminate those podca- uh, those um, Instagram accounts or Facebook um, people that have some sort of negative mood on mm. me. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, Vanessa, how can we follow you? Um, Instagram is always a good one. Um, I'm currently working, I do have a website and I'm currently working on creating a little bit more content for that to actually give a bit of a better insight in sharing all the different podcasts that I've um, participated in and um, writing a couple more blog posts. And um, so keep a close eye on, on my website, which is vanessalo.com.au. Mm. And your Instagram handle I'll put in the show notes so that you guys can go give Vanessa a follow and get to know her a little bit better. You will see lots of puppy pictures. So <laughs> be ready for that. <laughs> yeah, if you love dogs, go follow her. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable with us. Thank you for sharing your story and for being an advocate for so many people out there who might be dealing in similar situations as you. I think you inspire so many people. Thank you so much, Georgie. I I really love hopefully taking things beyond just inspiring but actually empowering people to Mm. to find their own little superpowers within their little niche of, um, you know, what they enjoy and what they love doing. So keep it up, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Wow. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Vanessa and found it inspiring and empowering and you enjoyed her tips on overcoming adversity and building resilience. We'll be releasing new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe and tune in next week. Otherwise, come follow us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, just a friendly reminder that the information shared on this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a health practitioner first. Thanks, guys. Have a good week.